And welcome to episode 13 of the IceCast Report. I'm Anthony, joined by Tim. New week, same story, Penguins quit, quit get embarrassed, 56-21 South Dakota. Tim, I have nothing else to say. Uh, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, it's old hat now. It's, it's almost become expected. Well, I'll say this. This is the first time, and it's not the first time, but it seems that way, that you have the most complacent football team I've seen in a long time. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's. And I will even say this, and I, and I truly mean this. I think we've overestimated the talent on this football team. I agree with that. I, I, especially on the defensive side. I think the defense has probably been the biggest disappointment that I've seen because they do the same mistakes each and every week. Each and every week, you can guarantee there'll be a pass for a touchdown over 50 yards. Yeah. And never fails. And then Pelini comes out this week on Tuesday and says, well, we're in the wrong spots. It's November. Where was this in August or even September? You're telling me that we just got out of place in the last three or four weeks? No. And that's the glaring issue that it's till November that we're just saying, hey, we're at a position. But like you said, you, you're guaranteed one and a half. It's not even that. It's it's really to me um, just a glaring deficiency of I think, and this may be a generational thing, and this is the first time I've really gone this level, is that you don't have players today who are tough. No, oh no, nope. And You're right. who are mentally and physically tough, and that has a lot to do with the limited amount of hours you're allowed to practice mm-hmm. nowadays. Yep, which I get. I mean, there are students first, and I don't have a problem with that. And I'm not blaming that. But you're also seeing a generation that, for the first time in many years, don't play multiple sports where they come into nope. the collegiate ranks. You have players who are me first generation. Yep. And I don't want to say that's the entire systematic problem of YSU because it's not. No. Uh, this is a problem a lot of universities face with their different programs. It's complacency. Oh, yes. And I don't – believe it or not, I don't necessarily put it on the coaching staff as much as I do the players. Yeah. It's... I think there's a common – I think, A, the coaching staff is responsible, but, B, it's up to the players to make a choice of what is important to them We've talked and about, what they want to be. We've talked about for three weeks now. Where's your pride at? Where's your pride at? Where are you gonna are you gonna man up and show pride and fight and Tim, you're right. This the entitlement, the complacency, the hey, I'll get my numbers and that's okay, or hey, I'll just do my job to the bare minimum. Tim, it's not just a football program. It, it, it's like you talked about. It's a generational thing outside of football. Oh, absolutely. outside of athletics. Yeah. And um, this you gotta remember. Football is one of the most unique team sports there is yes. in in all of sport, where you definitely have to, as a head coach, you, and especially at the collegiate level, you got seventy five players to take care yep. of, uh, and that means you know twenty two different positions that start, and plus special teams and backups, and you can't be responsible for everyone. You know, it comes down to your coaching staff getting players ready to play mm-hmm. at, you know, if it's your tight ends, if it's your defensive ends, if it's your defensive backs and being responsible for what 
you know, you're trying to achieve as a team. I see this as more of a a problem that YSU has had. And it's become glaring. And, but now. it has had four three different head coaches. Yes. Yes, it's not and just I, a plenty thing. I honestly don't think this you can blame Haycock, you can blame Wolford, you can blame Pelini. Mm-mm. You start going to look at the players themselves and what they want to achieve. And great what, point. Where, where does the responsibility then lie on them? So, you know, last week I was kind of disappointed and pissed off and said 35-point loss. And, well, that's what it was. It was a 35-point loss. Should have been 42 if we didn't get a garbage touchdown. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just, just – it, it is it, – it, it is what they At are. This, what they are. Yeah, you and they are what your record terrible shows. Terrible football team, and you give up fifty some points multiple times in a season. You're a bad defense. Yep, there's no question about it. I mean, that's what they are. They're a bad football team uh, that has actually going to have a better record than they had the previous year. So, do you think they are worse than last year? No, no, I agree. I, I, I think, think they're, they're actually better, better than last year. I honestly do believe that you just – it's up to a combination of a lot of factors coming into a, a system. You know, um, I think expectations were extremely high for this team. Yes. For a team that only won four games last year. Granted, yes. And I believe the start of the season gave optimism for that type of a eight-plus win season. And I'll even say the first – week and a half of conference play too where you get a tough one against northern iowa all right you lose those games and then you come back and you're whipping south dakota state at halftime this is what i'm talking about toughness the yes. culture of a, of a yes. football program because what is toughness toughness is not beating the next player no off. no toughness to me is being responsible for your position and your place on the team toughness is about fighting through adversity and you said that since August and fight and toughness is a desire to win and the last other than 2016 I don't see a high desire to win from players now it's very possible the classes coming up that are freshmen and sophomores will learn from this and move forward but I definitely wonder if is this a situation where it's just tough to find tough players today. Yeah. And you're seeing I, it at, at I honestly school. do believe when you talk about culture, culture goes beyond the product on the field. Yes. It yes. is. Now that's up to the coaching staff to establish that. What is culture? Culture to me is how your players interact with the coaching staff, how they interact with each, each other. other how they care for each other yes how they have each other's back i wonder if that's part of the problem we've had the last couple of years is the culture of this team has lacked the desire to be better than what they are i tim i think think that you run into that with many programs not just ysu yes you're right i think you could go through the missouri valley conference and find that problem i think that's what makes North Carolina, or North Dakota State, so good. Yes, is they right. have a high culture. They can they can absorb changes and still have a high expectation. Jim Trestle brought a culture to Youngstown State. Yes, Jim Trestle brought a culture to Ohio State. 
Urban Meyer brought a culture yes. to Ohio State. It's very possible, and it looks this way, that Ryan Day, Day yep. is in the process of taking that culture to the next level. Well, yes. Um, you know, we're talking about the last three Ohio State coaches. And there. we even say that Trezel has brought a culture back to YSU. I think he has definitely yes. to the university. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, when you're talking about the YSU athletic programs, who established the culture? That's a combination, in my opinion, is the administration. Yes. The athletic director in their offices and the coaching staffs that run those programs. So I honestly wonder if YSU has plateaued as a as a program, no matter who runs it, unless you change the culture. And I think cult like I said, culture to me goes beyond the product on the field. Oh way beyond. It's and that's where I think YSU's at right now. That's the question mark going forward for Coach Pelini and his team. How do you reestablish a culture where you show your players you care for them and they care for you and they care for each other that they want to succeed at the highest level? And that, to me, is the biggest hurdle that they face going forward. You're completely right. And, you know, piggybacking off what you said, um, I – I have been out of the belief for years. I have talked to numerous other people. Um, look, talent across the board, probably not where we want it to be or need it to be. Is it the sole reason? No. Um, but it, it's been a culture problem. And winning covers that up. In 2016, masked it. It covered it up for a year. Um, I will say this about that team. That team had a desire to succeed. It, no matter who is on the way, field. And yes. found a way through multiple quarterbacks and multiple players coming in and out of the lineup to win. You're and, right. And then it, and it also found a few miracle wins along the way. Yes. Southern Illinois, Indiana State, Northern Iowa. You're right. You're, you're and, completely right. And, but that's all part of football. That's all part of sports and competition. Yes. Sometimes the ball bounces your way. Sometimes you make great plays. Um you create your own luck, I think. Well, yeah, you do. You, when opportunity you arises, you take advantage yes. of that opportunity. And that is do you think, what it comes down to. Can YSU find that culture, that toughness, that grit, the football program going forward to compete at any level? And what I mean by any level, not just the Missouri Valley Football Conference, but that's our conference. Yes. And that's what you have to compete against. And one of the toughest things to do, I don't care – if you're a eighth grade football team or a college team or NFL team is to travel, be focused and play well on the road. Yeah. And that's why. And YSU has yet to be able to do to that, demonstrate that the entire season. They did it early in the year against Stanford. And that was it. Well, that was the only road game early in the year. Yeah. All other games were home. And, you know, you can talk about the competition. It wasn't horrible. No, no. Uh, the non-conference season wasn't horrible. I thought it was It was actually— It was much improved from previous yes, years. I thought it was very competitive. Um, now, obviously, going forward, you have, you know, Pitt and other schools coming back on the schedule. So— Kentucky, Michigan State, right, yes. Right, exactly. So we'll see exactly Akron how they next handle year. it. Exactly. And that's a good thing. You know, uh, like I said, I think if I had to ask— Polinis, and especially Bo, 
what would I ask him the most is how would he rate the culture of his team? And yes. how would he rate the culture of his program? And how does he imply that culture for the future of his program at YSU? You're right. And, you know, Bo numerous times throughout each season mentions that culture and mentions how he's trying to build it. And I think you're right. Any good program continues to build on a culture. We talked on North Dakota State. Three different coaches the last six or seven years. You know, numerous different quarterbacks. And they, all this change you talk about for them. But they keep winning because of the culture's there. South Dakota State's the same way. I think you're starting to see Illinois State is, you know, what you're going to get from them. You know? Um, it's the players you bring do in you th- and the expectations you have That's a great point. That's and a great also point. also the expectations they have within themselves. Maybe it's time to recruit a different type of kid here. Well, I think this is a, a problem throughout college football. You're right, because Nardam had to do the same thing a couple of years ago. Each yeah, school has to do it. Every school has to face this, this new this level crossroads, of, yes. of finding players who are football players who want to win, or even basketball players or or baseball players it comes down to how do you establish a relationship with your players yeah trust you 100 percent. now you go back in the to we'll use the most successful coach in YSU's history yes. Jim Trussell yes what is one of the first things he talks about he talks about caring for his players loving his guys yes and being there for a them. family yes yes and building a family and most coaches preach that and they're right and i don't think any coach can without building that camaraderie that trust yes. that belief that you're there for them you can win so that's to me where this team in the last four or five weeks has not demonstrated that ability to face adversity and to want to succeed and win ball games and compete at the highest level uh, I see a team that once they're punched the in the face, yep, you know it's like, oh my God, I got Mike Tyson in front of me. Yep, and they're afraid. They're they're not Buster Douglas who said, okay, I can take that punch and watch me back. Yeah, you know, give it back to you and surprise the hell out of Mike Tyson. Yes, and I don't see that in this in this team this year. I thought nope. I did early in the year. I thought there were times where this team showed. It had the ability. Now we can talk X's and O's and 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 what they do and don't do during a ball game. But truth of the matter is, going forward this season and going into the next year in 2020, I think it's up to Bo and his coaching staff. Not even just have a great recruiting year because that has has to happen every yeah. year. But to for the them right to establish kid. a culture, a toughness, a grit going forward is where this programs at this offseason is going to be look any offseason for any team at any level is big recruiting free agency you know whatever it is but th- this offseason for YSU is about a you got two weeks to do it two game weeks identifying what kids truly want to be here what kids want to truly fight and be a penguin and you got to do some soul searching it's time to have that come to Jesus meeting with yourselves and your program. And because like you said, you're at a crossroads. You're at a fork in the road. And it's time to do a self-evaluation. Everybody. I'm talking from, the, you know, 
the coach on down because this is not all on Polini. Well, you have two weeks to prove what type of program you are. And that goes to the players that are on the field playing and the coaching staff and those who are, are going to get opportunities to play for the first time this year uh, going forward. I play I'm all sure the young a lot kids. Of, well, it doesn't matter who you play. What you're looking for, in my opinion, is chemistry, desire, yep. and want to finish strong. If you lose two games by two points each game and you're in it to the end, fine, I can accept that. I can too. If you lose by 35, that tells me your team has no culture, has no grit, has no desire to win. Uh, these are winnable games the next two weeks. I'm not saying they're going to win, but it's going to be up to the coaching staff and the players, and especially the players, to make a decision on where this program goes forward, at least in 2019. Do you finish strong? Do you have a winning record? Or do you lay over and continue to lose by 35 points? Yeah, that's uh, you get Indiana State this week. Uh, they came into your house last year and kicked crap out of you. They beat us up pretty good. Uh, that game was not competitive from middle of the second quarter on last year. Um, Illinois State the following week, the last game of the regular season. Um, I drove out to that game last year in normal. Uh, we got down big early, came all the way back, fought back, took the lead late. Um, you know, didn't make enough plays to win the game. Um, but it, it's like you said, it's time to figure out who. Who's going to fight? Who's going to step up? Um, I tell you, one kid's going to do that. I think we're going to see him as Mark Wade. I think Mark Wade's going to start one of these next two games. Well, and I wouldn't sense. be shocked if he starts the Illinois State game at home. Well, he has two games left? One game one left he can play in. He'll probably start the last game of the year. Yep. Why not? You know, and look, if the beginning of the year we sat down and said 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five, Okay. Okay, yeah, we're... We're probably going to take that before season started. Not, yeah, not I understand. Four, not no, knowing yeah. what has happened. Yeah. Yes, you and I'd be like, "That's a two-game improvement." Absolutely, yeah, we're taking it. You know, a two-game improvement each year. That's eight next year. So, the way it's happened and the way you're going to get there has is the glaring thing. Well, there, there's it, no it's a thing that gives you trepidation because you know the whole thing about last year is you wanted to come into this year strong. And, uh, I mean, if YSU wins these next two games, do you feel better about the program going forward? It all depends on the, the level of play and the, what you see out of them in those next two games. Like I said, uh, we'll just have to wait and see how they develop. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking to see what kids are tough and what kids want to play football and which ones don't. Because the ones that don't, you need to move on from. You might and, have, and that's just the this is the, the bottom, bottom line. line. I mean, this is about competing, and I'm sure the coaching staff is feeling the same way. It we might. want players that want to come and compete and want to learn, and it's not going to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. When Eric Wolford came in in 2010, 30 kids left the program. He completely purged the program. I'm not saying we got to kick 30 kids off the team, but you're right. We got to find what kids want to play. What kids want to fight? You know, this is not about... This is far from the X's and O's. This is about somebody challenging your manhood. Because right now there are people saying, you guys are soft. And you don't think Indiana State and Illinois State realize that? They know the if they score a touch on the first drive, that's it, ball game over. Because why is she not going to fight back? That comes down to what I was talking about. Yep. This comes down to toughness and grit and culture. And 
That's what they're fighting for for the next two weeks to look, establish that going forward. There's and some deficiencies. We'll see what happens. There's some deficiencies talent wise. We're not as great at the running back position. We're solid, but we don't have a standout tailback for the first time in 30 years. I mean, it's been a long time where we've sat here and be like, you know what? We got a lot of good players. I think Joe Les is a tough son of a gun. You know, I I think we got tough kids at running back position. We don't have a game breaker, and that's a we haven't had that in a while. Um, offensive line, defensive line, probably not the greatest. Um, but you know, it's this is far from talent. This is far from X's and O's. This is about finding out who the hell wants to play and who the hell wants to be a Penguin. So it's been another frustrating week. Uh, more Penguin therapy, I guess it is. That's that's what it's turned into. Uh, Penguins and Sycamores, 1 o'clock in Terre Haute on Saturday. Uh, in freezing cold Terre Haute, Indiana. Tim and I will be back next week to wrap up and review the Penguins road contest against Indiana State and preview the final game of the 2019 season and senior day next week against Illinois State. So for Tim, I'm Anthony. You've listened to episode 13. Hopefully we talked you off the Market Street Bridge.